0: Get ready for an all-new season of 430 Movie, debuting this October with some exciting new theme weeks, curated by your favorite 430 Movie hosts. Yes, the 430 Movie is back, and we hope you will be too. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a Star Trek fan, you should check out my new science fiction TV show, Pandora, airing every Tuesday on the CW, or anytime on the CW app. Check it out. Hey, if you're a Star Wars fan, check out the new Star Wars podcast, The Rebel and the Rogue, every Tuesday on the Electric Surge Network, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, co-host of Inglorious Trexperts. If you're a Star Trek fan who thinks you know everything about the history of Star Trek, check out my best-selling two-volume oral history of Star Trek from St. Martin's Press, The 50-Year Mission, available wherever books, digital, and audiobooks are sold.
1: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. The Sci-Fi Channel explores the ultimate frontier. The Sci-Fi Channel's mission to expand the horizons of Star Trek, one of television's landmark series, to seek out a fresh generation of viewers and loyal fans, to boldly present the 80 original episodes like no other network has presented Star Trek ever before. In Star Trek, the Sci-Fi Channel Special Edition. Start date September 1998. Star Trek The Sci-Fi Channel Special Edition enters a whole new dimension of value-added entertainment as the legendary series reaches its exclusive destination, The Sci-Fi Channel, where viewers will be able to travel through space and time with this universally popular series. I want facts, not poetry. Digitally enhanced masters have completely re-energized every single episode. They are incredibly beautiful. With more vibrance, color, and clearer audio than ever before.
2: All channels clear, sir.
1: And we've hooked onto something. It's an intergalactic breakthrough. Every episode will run in its original network length of 51 minutes and will materialize missing scenes zapped out in syndication. Yes, I see now. By retrieving footage that's been lost in the cosmos for decades. Mm-hmm. A galaxy of cast members and guest stars will be on deck to reveal what life was like aboard the Starship Enterprise. It's quite a nice role. Really an incredible phenomenon. Unbelievable. Scotty,
3: beat us up.
1: For the first time ever, every episode will be presented in a 90-minute format. And every episode will be hosted. This is the captain. Beam me up. In 1998, William Shatner is at the helm. It's classic Star Trek with a sci-fi channel twist. And in 1999. Enterprise, Spock here. Leonard Nimoy will lead viewers into the 21st century. The Sci Fi Channel proudly presents classic Star Trek like you've never seen it before. Precisely. Two of the planet's most popular stars. I think you and I can handle it. Enlightening interviews. That's when my ears perked up. State-of-the-art technology. Perfect. Everything's perfect. And all of Star Trek's original programming in its entire glory lifts Star Trek's voyage on the sci-fi channel, Light Years Beyond the Rest. The universe is set. September 1998, the legend lands and a whole new adventure begins. That's paradise. It's a true Eden, Jim. Star Trek the sci-fi channel special edition only on the sci-fi channel see it again for the first time
0: welcome indeed, indeed. welcome my friend to another exciting episode of Inglorious Trek experts another deep dive indeed well you know it's 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 interesting because we're going to talk about you know a lot of people have talked about um, including us when Star Trek uh, made it the jump to syndication. Obviously, that was transformative in uh, the life of the show. But what people talk about less is um, there was a fledgling cable channel called the Sci-Fi Channel, which was spelled S-C-I hyphen F-I, unlike uh, it is spelled now. And, uh, they, uh, and, and, and they've had a very interesting uh, history with Star Trek. And uh, to talk about that, we have a couple of very special guests. Um, Rob Meyer Burnett is back from the Burnett Work uh, to uh, offer up his observations. And of course, you know Rob is the producer of Agent Cody Banks, director of Free Enterprise, and many other cool things. And, uh, but uh, he's a staple of Inglourious Trek Experts And welcome back, Rob Burnett.
4: Good to be back. It's always fun to talk Trek with you,
0: gentlemen. And uh, sitting to my right, uh, first-time guest, first-time caller. Um, uh,
5: Long-time first-time.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we want him on the show for a while, but he's been too busy. Uh, uh, Thomas P. Vitale was not only uh, president of Sci-Fi Channel, but also... Um, over at uh, Chiller, uh, which he helped launch for uh, uh, NBC Universal, uh, he's currently executive producer on *Pedro* on the CW, and uh, he's had a long-time uh, affiliation with sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. Big, big fan, uh, and uh, was a huge part of Sci-Fi Channel's success for many, many years. Tom Vitali, welcome.
5: Thanks for having me. It's exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's now that the the burden falls on your shoulders to be <laughs> Enter, entertain us, please. So, um. You know what I was alluding to, of course, is it was a big deal. People forget what was it? Twenty years ago, that Sci-Fi uh, Channel first debuted. St- more, the than that, yeah. it's more than more that, original Star Trek. More than that, and uh, at that time, Star Trek had been a staple of syndication, but there hadn't been a cable deal yet. It hadn't aired on, on cable. And uh, this was sort of the equivalent of, of The Office or Friends now in the streaming wars, where it was like, who is going to get Star Trek? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how do you make it something special? You know, because people, of course, had been watching these episodes ad nauseum for many, many years. Right. Were they going to come uh, and and watch them again? Uh, particularly when sci-fi carried such a big ad load, um, because you were not only watching the episodes, but you you were watching a lot of advertising in between. So, um, uh, I guess they had they had already debuted on home video, but they hadn't yet aired on cable. So, can you tell us, sort of set the table for us in a sense, what? Uh, the cable market was like at the time, the this significance was a big deal. of Sci-Fi Channel. Um, this was really marking uh, Sci-Fi's coming out party in a sense because even since they had launched, they hadn't uh, had major, major properties uh, other than, I guess, when they debuted the Star Wars movies. Um, can you just sort of take yeah. us back?
5: So, Star Wars was suppo- um, sci- Star Wars. Sci- Sci-Fi was supposed to launch in fall of 91, um, and it was set up as an independent... Um, cable channel and back then in, in the late eighties early nineties a lot of cable channels were still launching independently, mm-hmm. just people who had money just started a cable channel but the market was shrinking in that way and big companies were getting involved and Sci Fi was bought by USA Network and we mm-hmm. were launched with a, a, as a sibling channel to USA which had been on the air for at least ten years maybe a little bit right. more at that time and USA was half owned by Paramount right and half owned by Universal right. So we launched in fall of 92, and I joined the network soon after the launch. And we had some big properties. We had, uh, I guess, the most classic property we had was Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. We, we had gotten Twilight Zone. We had a lot of Universal properties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Universal has such a great you know, history of, of, of science fiction, fantasy, mm-hmm. and horror programming. You know, we had Battlestar Galactica, the original, and Buck Rogers, all, all this great stuff. And we had a lot of other programming. Doctor Who did well in the early days. Right. but We didn't have Star Trek. And the cable operators, the people who carry the channel, the people you pay your monthly bill to, mm-hmm. whether it's, it's Comcast or it's you know, um, AT&T, whoever it is, they would keep asking, when are you getting Star Trek? Mm-hmm. When are you getting Star Trek? And that was a big deal for us to get Star Trek. And we had to buy it from one of our parent companies, which was Paramount. Um, And you can't just say, well, you own us. You'll give us the the, the program. You'll give it to us for free because you own us. It doesn't work that way because there's profit participants. And because Paramount's a separate division, they have to make as much money as possible on everything that they sell. That's that's the sales folks' job is to sell things to the highest bidder.
0: and that's why there have been a lot of lawsuits recently about self-dealing where like the Bones lawsuit and stuff where studios are selling to their own cable channels yeah. at, a, at, a, at, a, at a lower cost and that's then right. the profit participants are suing over that
5: that's right and and in this case, they wanted to, to play it the right way and, and they had to take it out to the marketplace, but even before then, it wasn't available because the show was in syndication from before sci-fi launched. Right. And those deals have, have a certain period of time. You know, it's a five-year deal or 10-year deal or a two-year deal. Whatever it is, it wasn't allowed to be sold anywhere else. Um, when they finally decided to make a cable deal was when the syndication deals ended. And then they went back and renewed in syndication, but opened up the window and said, but we're going to have a second um, license deal with a cable channel, right. um, a second, quote-unquote, window. They call them windows. Um, so... It was finally available. We launched in, in 92. Star Trek wasn't available to us until the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of internal negotiation with Paramount to to get the show. Um, and I think the deal was closed, if I'm remembering correctly, probably about two or three years. Might have been as much as three years before it actually debuted on really? Sci-Fi. Wow. Because we were able to then tell the cable operators... You yep, um, have Star Trek. We have Star Trek, and back then, if you'll go back to the early '90s, now there's there's a handful of cable operators that control 90 percent of cable, and mm-hmm. they you know, have four, five, six big companies that control most of the cable in this country. Phone, internet, cable, all mm-hmm. all, all of that. Who you get? But back then, there were a lot of little operators, tons of little. Cable operators that might be in one town, or, or, or there'd be a company that gave cable to two different towns. Right. Now, over the years, they get all eaten up as these other companies Well, and this just
0: started with a guy, Barry Shulman, who just had an idea, right? Sci-Fi Channel?
5: It didn't start. Barry was our first head of programming. Uh, it, the founders of, uh, of uh, Sci-Fi Channel was Mitch Rubenstein and Laurie Silvers. I still remember those names. Mm-hmm. They were cable investors, they invested in actually cable systems, not cable mm. networks, but the systems, always people put the wires down right. that deliver cable to your house, right. the infrastructure. Um, and then they said, hey, there's a lot of people starting these cable channels. We could start one too. Yeah. And they had this idea of starting sci-fi. Meanwhile, they, they, it's cost a lot of money. It's hard to start a cable channel. Um, and a lot of the the distributors who own the programming were saying, "Well, we have our own channels. Now here's this little channel. Do you have enough money? We want to. Who are we going to sell to? They were having a hard time getting enough programming, enough money. It's 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 expensive to run a cable channel
2: and enough systems to carry them. Enough
5: systems yeah. to carry them. So they decided that they were going to sell out. Mm. Um, and it was shopped around. Um, and actually, uh, before I went to Sci-Fi, I was at Viacom, and I was there when Sci-Fi Channel was shopped to Viacom. Mm, I knew right. that it was shopped there. It was shopped a whole bunch of places. And Kay Koplovitz, who was the founder and chairman of CEO of USA Network, um, so she goes back to the 80s at USA, Kay had always wanted to do another channel. She wanted to expand USA into another channel, and she had tried a few different channels. Um, and then when she saw and and now you know in the cable business like there's groups that own five ten fifteen different channels but back then there were a lot of like you own one channel you own one channel you own one channel um when sci-fi was offered up it was the perfect perfect channel for usa to get Mm -hmm. on board with because universal one of our owners had this great library of science fiction movies and series uh sci-fi horror and fantasy and so did paramount and paramount obviously had Star Trek, which was was the the jewel of of the the genre, the crown jewel. Um, So it was a great marriage bringing sci-fi channel into the USA world. And USA also had the relationships with the cable operators, the infrastructure. So they were able to get us launched just one year later than the original investors were supposed to Hmm. um, launch us, which was great. So we got up in in 92. But again, we didn't get Star Trek until the late 90s.
0: Yeah, people don't realize, I mean, at the time, the big sci-fi properties were Twilight Zone and Star Trek. That was it. There was just pre X Files. This was pre That's certainly right. Star Wars being a TV presence. Um, uh, you know, it was there was there was a it was a, a black hole, if you will, yeah. of, of of content. There wasn't a lot of sci-fi that meant anything. Sci-
5: Sci-Fi Channel was the first channel anywhere to launch um, to air all three Star Wars movies back to back to back. Mm-hmm. USA had the rights to them, um, and the company. Uh, and it was a really smart move. The people running things at the time said, you know what, USA can air these separately. We won't do a marathon yet because coming soon, it was like coming right around the corner, it will be the launch of sci fi. We will launch right. sci fi with Star Wars and we'll run all three, three at once when they all come in and it'll be first on sci fi. Because when you're launching any new business, whether it's cable channel or, or you know, a, a new breakfast cereal, you want to make some noise. Now you make noise right. on social media. You, you you get people to talk about you. Back then, you, you wanted to get press. You wanted to get people to write about you in something called newspapers. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are what those? Are those? <laughs> <laughs> and and um, it, so we got um, attention for running the first three Star Wars back to back. Here's that. Not I know it's not Star Wars podcasts, but a quick little side story on that. There was debate internally because remember this is the late. Uh, this was the early '90s mm-hmm. when sci-fi launched do we run the Star Wars movies in a 4 by 3 aspect ratio, right. pan and scan, or do we run them 16 by 9, letterboxed. Right. And there was a lot of research that went in, and I, and I was more of a purist. I said, we got to do a letterbox. We'll get even more press for that. They're like, yeah. we're already getting press for running them back to back to back. Let's not turn people away yet. Let's wait and hold the letterbox for later. Let's make the big premiere, right. the 4 by 3 pan and scan, because 70 or 75% of TVs, maybe 80% of TVs back then, were four by three TVs, yeah, yeah. and people weren't used to the black bars on the top and bottom. Yeah. but that was something that was talked about only like twenty five years ago. Exactly, uh, and then eventually we did run them letterbox. But the premiere was just pen and scan, four by three ratio, right. old almost square TVs, and and you know not the theatrical. Which horrible look. transfers. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, but not at the time. It was like wow. Well, at the time, <laughs> you know,
2: conventional NTSC television looked
5: terrible for everybody. Yeah. And we didn't realize it. It's only yeah, now exactly. when I go on your cable system and, uh, and turn to the SD channel just for fun and look right. at something. That's what we used to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so tell us about you know. So Star Trek, you're, you're making a deal. You're getting Star Trek. Um, again, this has been something that's been you could argue overexposed. Uh, how do you make the Star Star Trek something special?
5: So um, when I, At that time, I was the acquisitions director, so part of my job was to make these deals, to go out and, and talk to every distributor. Everyone who had, had programming and watched their stuff, um, if I didn't know, you know, a lot of obscure things, foreign programming, and make deals for, for that stuff. And also call up distributors and say, hey, what do you got? What's available? Is this show that I love available? Um, our head of program was Barry Shulman, and he had the exact same question you just had. This is great. And he, he was the guy going out and touting it to the affiliates and getting everyone really jazzed about this. But how do you make it special? Because it has been all over the place. Yeah. And the other thing we want to And do Next is-
0: Generation has kind of... At that time, Next Generation was on. It was very <clears throat> successful. It had somewhat, in a lot of minds, overshadowed the original That's Star right. Trek.
5: That's right. That's um, right. And, and that became, you know, a, obviously a lot of meetings, a lot of conversation. How do you make this special? And one of the things that Barry came up with was this idea of having these hosted raps. Um, right. and of uncut episodes. Uncut episodes, which we'll get into the, yeah. what that meant. Um, but it was also these hosted raps with Shatner and with Nimoy. And, I, and, and those two gentlemen had a... Um, kind of a, an agreement, like a favored nations agreement between right. two of them. So if one did something, the other would do it. they get paid the same, all right. of that. So they both decided to do this, um, and they both prepared what they wanted to say. And they both had very different takes on yeah. on, on yeah. the material. I remember Barry is, talking right? about this to me, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this was really Barry's brainstorm to do this. Um, so now the question is, how do you get these raps to run, in the hour and maintain the same amount of ad time. We we had the same amount of advertising on sci-fi as Star Trek had in syndication. So we were able to just take the, the syndicated cuts, mm-hmm. which were already probably three four minutes shorter than uh, the original you, cuts. Yeah, even more. Even more, yeah. maybe. So we didn't cut them any further. We had the exact same syndication. That's what it's just cable syndication. It was sure, all the same. Yeah. That's what TV at the time. The length. Just just so everyone knows, TV commercial television. Every decade probably got, you know, from the 60s through the 90s, got like 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes shorter. And just keep adding time. Look at any network and they just, now they've all kind of topped out and they mm-hmm. can't add any more. And the affiliates that carry them won't let them add more ad time. Right. So you basically have, uh, in like a two hour block, you probably have about 30 minutes of commercials, 35 minutes of commercials, mm-hmm. something like that. So we were running the same length. As syndication. And that's where our budgets are on. There's many commercials. It's how you make your money back for what you spent on a show. So how do you add in three, four minutes of reps? And then we started talking, hey, maybe we can run Star Trek. Uncut. Put everything back in. Get the original prints. We'll have start, You know, we'll get remastered the best yeah. prints possible from Paramount.
2: Original fifty-three minute cuts.
5: Original yeah. fifty-three minute cuts, which have not been worn out because those prints get worn out in syndication Because right. a lot of the prints that you would get in those days on cable, they weren't digitized, right? You you'd get yeah. the prints. Off of some station in Cleveland. Right. This is the, this is the, <laughs> the least beat up print we have. That's what would get mailed to any yeah. cable network. Not so yeah. like, just any cable network of any show. Sometimes 16 millimeter prints. Sometimes 16 yeah. millimeter or old um, one inch tapes, right. these, these tapes. And you know, anyone who's old enough to have had like a cassette player, yeah. y- you run a tape a dozen times, it wears out a little. You run it two bit. dozen times. A little bit. Now imagine that same tape running in syndication for 20 years yeah. and each episode airing three times a year, four times a year, in, on some shelf. Gets a little and ratty. And station. And a lot of those stations um, aren't like these fancy offices with great storage. they no, trailers sort of shack. and yeah, shacks no, and, and, you know, bad air conditioning and everything right. else. So those are the prints. But we said, no, we're going to get the 53-minute prints. We're going to get remastered. They're going to look beautiful. And then we'll put the three or four minutes wraps right. in. And now you do the math. Math, does that fit inside of a 90-minute block? Does it fit inside an hour block? Can't fit inside of an hour block right. unless you're doing no commercials, which right. obviously you can't do. Um, or do you do an hour and 15 minute block and try to squeeze it all in there? But who watches TV starting at eight and ending at 9.15? That's kind of weird. What, and then how do you Only get Only British on? viewers. Right. I mean, <laughs> that was something that they did in the UK. They didn't do yeah. it here. How do you get back on the clock then? Because right. if you end your show at 9.15, yeah. what do you do the rest? It messes you up. So there was a lot of head scratching about that. Finally said, if we run hour and a half blocks from eight, we want it to be eight o'clock, prime time, yeah. boom, eight o'clock, that was the sign on, eight to nine thirty, we can get the wraps in, we could run these uncut episodes, and we'll go, and have to add a few extra minutes of commercials just because you can't fill out the full 90 minutes. Yeah. I think, I'm not doing the math in my head now, but I think it probably filled 85 minutes 86 right. minutes so in that 90 minutes maybe you added an extra 3 4 minutes of commercial which is probably what the commercial load is now right. <laughs> right right but back then it was just a little heavier viewers felt that when when it finally went on air we got some complaints from viewers saying they stretched it out over 90 minutes. They must have added so much more commercials. And no matter how much you tell the average viewer, no, we've added back in everything that was cut. Viewers right. are like, what do you mean, everything that was cut? Viewers aren't on the stage. Because mm-hmm. we're saying, we're. That we're, hadn't uh, been
2: seen since 1971. Right?
5: You know, we're in the, the TV business and we understand commercial time and right. cuts and blah, blah, blah. The average viewer doesn't know. They're like, you're making me give up 90 minutes of my night <laughs> to watch a 60 minute show. Huh? It was fine. It's the kid. When I watched it on Channel 11 in New York, it was 60 minutes. I gotta yeah. give them. De- well, no, we're giving you an extra five or six minutes of content that hadn't been seen yeah. in decades. We're giving you these great insights from the two iconic stars. But you also had other interviews with
2: other um, guest stars. We did. We did. Um, was that, that added was, later?
5: No, no, that was part of it. That was sporadic mm. throughout. Right. But that. But but the two main stars did. All every episode. Right. They prepared every episode. And then you would mix in these other stars right. to, to keep fleshing out. It was a really nice Because I know Dee
2: Kelly did some of them. Yeah. And uh, some of the other guest stars. Why, with with this new content, why, why was
4: there any pushback to just jump into a 90-minute a time frame from the get-go? Because you did have these wraparounds and just tout the fact that you had Nimoy and Shatner and they were going to take you on a journey. And why not just jump into that ninety minute idea with them hosting.
5: Well we we did. Um there wasn't pushback doing it. The idea was internally the idea was that's a great idea. Yeah, Let's right. do it. The pushback reels really from audience, viewers. Yeah. We got and, and
2: well the loudest viewers. The loudest viewers yeah. of
5: course. But wait, but it wasn't just so it's the loudest viewers. And obviously now you it's not instantaneous. There's no Twitter or right. Instagram back right. then or, or whatever.
0: These you, letters you, are really mean. You'd get
5: mean letters. You'd yeah. get physical letters that you you know dumped on your desk or, or you'd get some emails back then you get phone calls to the um right. switchboard the switchboard yeah. I, or i'd get phone calls to my phone directly because yeah. smart viewers knew exactly how to get through the switchboard <laughs> it was a different time then it was you know yeah. people could, in, in fact it's a different story but i i had a few times where i had angry viewers about other shows break into the offices just walk in they weren't oh, breaking in they just walked in because it wasn't a lot of security this was pre-9-11. Well, you were Rockefeller center too we were Rockefeller right. center but it was pre-9-11 yeah. And every, the world was a lot more open. People yeah. would come in, and they just want to talk. Why'd you cancel my show? I want to talk to you about it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, and someone shows up at your door, and then obviously obviously, would you was, like some water? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then afterwards, people realize, oh, we need more security. And then obviously, New York changed after, yeah, after yeah. the events of September 11th. Um, but I mean, look, I would love living in a more open time. I mean, it was in some ways, that was lovely, but. You start getting these complaints. There was no
0: security in office buildings. You just walk in. If you knew the floor you were going to, it was a receptionist. But it, it, New York completely changed everything. every yeah. building. And it's not just a TV security. Now. This is everywhere. Any yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah.
5: maybe Wall Street was a little different because it was money. but sure. Banks, but any other business, you just walked in. I mean, I I, I walked in when I was applying for a job at Sci-Fi. I, I had to go back and hand in. Um, I was given uh, Barry Schulman gave me a project to do. Well, you get projects, even you know you. Analyze the schedule and stuff. I decided I wanted to um, deliver and enhance. I put my face in front of his face again. Right. So instead of mailing it to him you know, and writing on an envelope and licking yeah. a stamp because there's no email yeah. <laughs> or something like that, I just walked into the office, walked over to his office a week after he assigned me a project and handed it to him. Shook his hand, smiled, made eye contact.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Obviously, anyone listening to that now, <laughs> you'd be arrested doing something <laughs> right. like that. Right. When I, when I, say, I did yeah. it, Barry was like, say, Who's Hey, good to see guy? you. Thanks for getting this to me so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It was a it was a nice time. Yeah. Um, I, I, even though it's more convenient now with social media and email, it was it was nice thing that, that look someone in the eye.
0: What I loved about that is at the end of the year. You would always have people coming with Christmas gifts, you know. So like, you, you know, people would just walk in. There was no security or anything. So you would just have like, you know, I mean, I like worked at a talent agency, so we'd have clients and people that would just come in with these giant gift baskets, yeah. baskets, and like that two weeks before Christmas. You know, just every it was common that people would just get you gifts. So you yeah. know, they come in with alcohol and they come in with fruit which, baskets, which has also candy. changed
5: now because you can't really get gifts in that way when you work uh, in a lot of companies. Nobody gives gifts every, anymore because there's all sorts of rules about that and yeah. government rules and and then company rules not to see like you're doing anything untoward. Yeah, yeah. I mean I I don't know anybody who made a business decision based on what? How big the basket was? No, you they just got. appreciate you that. You just that was said nice. thank you. You yeah. shared it with your other office yeah. mates, but it does have the appearance of impropriety as the world changed. I guess that was post some of the scandals and Wall Street scandals and stuff. So everything changed. Let's, to Star Trek. Say, let's yeah. get back on the lawn. I was just going to say, let's get back on the lawn. about Star Trek. So, <laughs> all right, the pushback actually—you get letters and stuff—and and in the old days, you say one letter, someone taking the time to write a physical letter represents the opinion of ten know, thousand a, people. Ten thousand, people. And who knows what the real stats are in that? But obviously, it is representative in some way but the main thing is the Nielsen ratings if your Nielsen ratings start to go down if they weren't you know and people like I don't so you have people telling you they don't like this and the Nielsen ratings are showing that you know they're not really into it so the question for us became are they not into it because it's a 90 minute block and it's just too much commitment for them to watch something that they used to watch in 60 minutes and you know most people not purists the average viewer doesn't care about getting those 5 or 6 minutes back right or is Star Trek not a primetime show for sci-fi? Mm. Because it's been around mm. the block so much. And are we better off with other shows? Are we better off with something, you know, movies? Are we better, and are we better off with Star Trek in the afternoon or at 11 o'clock at night right. or midnight? Where, and, and you have to be careful because... Um, if you pay a lot for something, you want to put it in Prime where the ad rates are the highest. Yeah. So you have to do all this analysis. Why? Why are the ratings there? Do you put more promotion against it? Do you, Do you put more on air promos? Those thirty second bits telling you to watch it. Do you, right. do you do more of that? You try. So you try. Obviously, you try. You know what but what's the answer? The to? answer is, um, it didn't work. It didn't. Work. It didn't work. The ratings. We could not save. We did more promos. It didn't work, and we had to pull it from Prime and then we tried the longer versions at a different time period. Still didn't work, and then we went back to 60-minute versions, and it settled in at a, at a decent number. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. I mean, you got to remember that, and, and we would try to do stuff for the purists, but you got to remember that you're also programming for a larger audience. Right. it's called broadcasting. Broad broadcasting, yeah. and broad audience. That's what's great about you know the world we live in now in terms of you can get anything you want at any casting, length you want at yeah, the yeah. narrow casting. Uh, so... A purist, can, And then a purist can actually explain to the broader audience why this is better. Well, you know, did ba-
0: you- oh, I was going to say, Barry Shulman said, I mean, this is the tragedy of this. So you have the Shatner raps, which aired.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There were also these Leonard Nimoy raps that never aired. And the right. irony of it is that Shatner came in and basically did whatever they told him to say. He came in, and I remember he tells the story about wearing a plaid jacket. And he said, You can't do this. And he says, Why can't I wear this? You're going to tell me what to wear? And he's because it's going to marae because of this plaid jacket. He says, oh, Okay, fine. So I'll, I'll go get another jacket. So, well, you need a couple. He's like, Why do I need a couple of jackets? Well, because every night it's going to air. But it's, even though we're recording all these in like one day or two days, it should look like you came in and have multiple. He's I'm just going to wear this jacket. So uh, <laughs> so that was the, the whole Shatner thing. Leonard came in. Done all this research, had all these notes, had <laughs> prepared. and actually watched the episodes
5: again. Change of clothes. You know, he was
0: like the you know the, he was the scholar yeah. of uh, and and of course his never aired and apparently yeah. he was furious. Of he
5: was. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, we got to go to uh, one, one of the cool things because because Barry and made uh, Barry Shulman had made a relationship with with Leonard. Nimoy, who was doing something called Alien Voices. Do you mm-hmm. guys remember? Yeah. Sure. Alien oh, yeah, Susan sure. The radio, the radio plays, shows. The radio yeah, shows. the audio books. Yeah. Um, and those were great. So we got invited to um, some of those to see them live in person. And cool. then some of those aired on sci-fi, radio right. on television. Again, it didn't get a rating, but if it's a Shocking. one-off, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? If it's a one-off, every channel, every network will do special things just for yeah. press and and to make the fans happy. You want to make your broad fan, your broad yeah. audience happy, and your fans. So we were very proud to air the Alien Voices. Was never a regular series, but it's a sporadic special. It's cool.
2: But to be fair, at that point, when I first heard that Star Trek was coming to Sci Fi Channel, Mike cable company didn't offer sci-fi channel mm. and i didn't know anyone who had sci-fi channel mm. so it was only at the very last minute that sci-fi channel was picked up by my local cable company yeah so i think the the saturation of sci-fi channel throughout the country was relatively low was. at that point
5: it took it, take, it takes a while for any channel to to build sure. um and, and there are channels um that figured it out early on um, channel so, and we're not getting into too many of the business details. but when, right. when you have a cable channel, the cable operator gives you money. So let's right. say, you know, like a quarter a subscriber. Right. Whatever it's fifty cents, a dollar, a dime. It depends how big the channel is. It Could be four or five bucks. Like ESPN, is a lot of money because right. sports so is so financially worthwhile. So let's just use use a dollars or or use a quarter as around the right. Way. You get a quarter for every subscriber. So it costs the cable operator, the people who lay the pipes, money. Right, of course. So if they have a million people. they got to give you a quarter per month per user right. to add your channel. So they want to make sure that if they add your channel, worth the money because it'll get them more people. Right, to exactly. And remember not everyone had cable back then. Cable wasn't That's saturated right. in all right. the whole country. I mean, You know in the 80s cable was probably 10, I mean you could find this online it was probably 10, 15, 20% and it right. built slowly to where it was maybe five years ago before the cord cutting happened right. to close to 92, 93% yeah, of the country. Sure. Now it's back down again right. because of, of cord cutting. Yeah. And all. But so there had to be a channel that offered enough for the cable operator to, to add you to their systems and um, and, and it took, there were a couple of channels that figured out like a few years after Sci-Fi launched, there was a new thing where cable channels say, we'll pay you. Right. So for the first five years, we'll give you $5 per subscriber per year. Right. And I think, and it's only from memory, I'm sure it's on the web, but I think FX did that. And that's how they got like massive like, distribution right away. You know, and, then, and then they were paying to the play. They were paying to play, which was completely legal yeah. and it was a great deal. And then in year six, you start paying for it. Because sure. at that point they knew they would have built up an audience. Exactly. Um, now, uh, I, I was
2: just going to say there there was a pretty extensive uh, web component to the release of the episodes. Uh, it was a very, you know, a very elaborate Website yeah. with uh, experiences and games and things like the the and it was uh,
5: very early and very few people had. I mean, we were absolutely. way ahead, sci-fi was way ahead of the game. They in had terms this of thing web. called
2: the Spock Exchange, yep. where you you That's registered in. You remember that because <laughs> I because I, I played it and I I, I made <laughs> a awesome. lot of I made a lot of fake money in it until the thing crapped out and lost my whole account. Uh.
4: <laughs> Do you think that, like you said, you guys were pretty forward-thinking and the idea of with the rise of DVD, you saw a lot of special features and, and there was more documentary. Like, you guys were really ahead of the curve. Trying to bring terms that to of, television. Well, yeah, by p- presenting. Yeah. If you had done it a couple of years later, people might have been used to seeing, to have Shatner anymore host from a documentary no, perspective. No,
5: we did. See, we did, up until that time, we did plenty of hosted raps um, all okay. the time. We would host movies. So you would take old B-movies, and you put them in yeah, like a Elvira, theme, I mean, horror hosts week. And so we did tons of that stuff. We would theme movies. Um, we and, and a lot of times we do it just because it was fun and it's a way to freshen up an old movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we get press. I remember once we had um, a theme five weeks. I mean, five movies five in one week. You know, each night Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we had uh, the actress Sandra Bernhard um, <laughs> host them on these luxurious couches, and it was, she was doing you know it was a whole gag. It was funny. But she was wearing dresses designed by the designer Isaac Mizrahi. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that got us off the TV pages and into the fashion pages. Sure. Isaac Mizrahi on Sci-Fi will debut five new dresses. Watch Sci-Fi. All of a sudden, you give that to your viewers. Wow. Let really me check out Sci-Fi, and then when they're watching that, you throw promos at them for other shows, mm-hmm. um, and you tell the cable operators, "Look what we did," and then you get on more than. Then you said we we get in your on well, that your was system.
4: Pretty deft, who thought that one up?
5: That was that was a Barry Shulman one. That was early days, early, early. And wow. Um, but You're talking but, a man who came up with Sharknado. <laughs> I
3: mean,
5: <this> is, <laughs> we used to sit, But in those early days, we had so much fun. Barry and I and, and, and some other people on the team would sit around in his office and come up with like, oh, we'll do a marathon of, of final episodes. We'll do a marathon of shows which had final episodes that never ended, that ended on cliffhangers. Um, like cliffhanger mm-hmm. marathon. We'll, we'll do Lost Pilots marathon, you know, right. with the Lost in Space, Lost Pilot. We, we'll, we'll take these five movies and we'll theme them this way. Who should be the host? Let's use this person. We had so much fun coming up with all these incredible themes. Um, Now
0: all those things would have their own streaming channel. (laughs) Yes, you're right.
5: Um, But Star Trek, those themes, because like a Sandra Bernhardt you know, rap would be quick, like like any of those Elvira things. They yeah. come in at ten, fifteen seconds. You could cut a movie to any length. A lot of those old movies were short super of time short. anyway. Yeah, they were, they were like super short minutes, anyway. Yeah. I mean, you grew up watching the actual four thirty movie yeah, in right. yeah, the I afternoons, and and they were short movies. And oh, they yeah. ran in ninety minute blocks yeah, with commercials. With commercials, so it for Planet of the Apes wouldn't have worked. Unfortunately, right. it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. Um, uh, the average viewer just wanted to see Star Trek. um so the original Star Trek never did, did great for us, but we were proud to have it, and it helped with affiliates, and that helped us get on more systems right. and grew sci-fi. And uh, the thing that grew sci-fi the most was the miniseries that we did, Steven Spielberg Presents Taken, right. which was under Bonnie Hammer and uh, Barry Diller, uh, Barry Diller, who owned the network. Um, and that was a huge investment. And we put a lot of marketing. It's quite good. It was, and we told affiliates at the time. The marketing group went out and told affiliates, you have to have this. Right you have to have sci-fi you've got to, and, and we went from you know where we were our, our growth was so big because of Taken and, and then from there you keep adding more original shows you keep building Battlestar Galactica and all this stuff well, but and back of course,
0: to there was another huge miniseries which is our benefactor, Dean Devlin, did The Triangle. Yeah. Which the Triangle also was huge for us.
5: For um, some of the biggest miniseries, Dune, the Fra- Frank Herbert's right. Dune, which mm-hmm. Richard Rubenstein did for us, who was the producer of Tales from the Dark Side, yep. and the original Stephen King's The Stand, which right. CBS, I know, is remaking now. That was big for us. Well, they're
0: not remaking it. They're making the book. They're making the book. They're not right? remaking yeah, like the characters. <laughs> <original. laughs> right. yeah. well, Stephen King did write those scripts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But,
5: um, but there were a couple of big miniseries. The Battlestar so Galactica miniseries did sure. real well. Um, uh, but it was not the Tin end Man of Star Trek on
0: Sci-Fi. No,
5: and as even though the original series never did great for Sci-Fi, Next Gen did really well for us. Enterprise. So we but it had about... been a syndication for twenty years. Yeah, right. Um, but that's interesting how we got those, or on home oh, video oh, oh. at that point. Um, so we still wanted more, more Star Trek on the air. We knew its mainstay; it should be on mm-hmm. Sci-Fi. It's Star Trek, and we've got you know Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. And Mark's favorite, Voyager. stop. (laughs) You know,
0: Rob is educating me in Voyager. I've looked at some episodes I like. We now know
4: Workforce. But we did celebrate a hatred of it together back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Now now I've learned. I've learned. There have
0: been subsequent shows that made me appreciate Voyager I've I've been,
4: I've been, I've been, and I keep delving into it. You know, what's really interesting about, about what you're saying, too, is, is, we have gone through an, an unbelievable change in the media landscape over the last 25 years, and an evolution that has exponentially changed over the last 10. Yeah. And, and I think that it's interesting to hear these stories because a lot of what you guys were pioneering has now become sort of de rigueur That's elsewhere, right. That's right. and it's very but, interesting. And
5: sometimes it's just the medium. You know, something works one place, it doesn't work another place. There there are shows that, you know, get canceled on one network, and another network picks it up and it's a it's a hit. Why is that? Because the audiences are very specific. Sometimes you know, Whole Foods sells different, you know, products than Grand Union. You put a Whole Foods thing in Grand right. Union, it won't sell. You put something from Grand Union Whole Foods, it may not sell. So it's the same thing with TV shows. What shelf do you put it on? And our special Star Trek wraps didn't fit on sci-fi but they would fit beautifully in, in today's landscape. And you
2: know what? I think today's landscape uh, gives you a clue even better because I think that ratings today people would probably kill for the numbers you got on uh-huh. the 90 minute even Star Trek more, episodes oh yeah, now. Absolutely.
5: <laughs> um, ratings say solo across yeah. the, across every channel because the audience the big has been so channels. bifurcated everywhere. Yeah. That's right. Um, It changed so quickly. I mean, you got to remember that in the early days of TV, the biggest hits when there were three networks, more than half the country would watch an episode of Beverly Hillbillies on a given night. I mean, more than half of every American... Not every American viewer. Everyone watched the right. episode. It, it was incredible what one show could do.
0: But you know, it's funny not to get political. But it's kind of like, is that why the country was more united because everyone had the same experience experiences, experiences rather than everyone having completely different experiences? And, yeah. and you know, it's, I think that's a very good. I point. agree with
5: that. I've, I've, we've talked about that before, and I think it's so um, right on the money, right on the nose that. You don't have the same kind of shared experience, same cultural shared experiences. When I was a kid, when you guys were kids, you would go to school the next day and everybody would have the same That's reference. Correct. Everybody would talk about the same show. Six Everyone Million would say, Don, man. Right. Or, or, was, or there the was a James catch,
4: Bond movie, as we've yeah. talked about yeah, a million know, times.
5: Man. Or a catchphrase. Somebody would say something on, on Where's a show. Where's, you know, <laughs> dynamite. Yeah. Every, the first time he, Jimmy J.J. J. Walker said dynamite. Everybody said it in school yeah, the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I ask my kids... Um, Up your nose with the
0: rubber hose, yeah. I mean, Connor was a huge <laughs> thing.
5: But I would ask my kids now, when they go to school, you know, we see something on TV. Um, I asked them the next day, you know, did, is everyone saying this expression, is everyone talking about this show? They're like, no. No, because no, kids don't watch I TV can't, anymore. I can't get more than two of my friends to watch the same show. Everybody's watching something different. I mean, half different of them are on them.
0: YouTube. Half of them are on you know texting, and then another you know maybe somebody's watching one show, somebody's watching else, and then somebody else is watching yeah, something. Else. And with,
5: with you know a couple of thousand original shows on Netflix alone, and yeah. all the channels, and you can watch things anytime you want. And they're want all too. watching
0: Stranger Things.
5: Yeah, but you you can also watch things anytime you want. So yes, you know what yeah. Stranger Things. You right. know, oh, we can't talk about it at school because three of our friends haven't, haven't watched, watched it yet. It. Yes, so right. nobody has the shared experiences right, right. that we had. Uh, and TV,
0: and that's another reason why I think Game of Thrones connected in such a big way, because everyone was watching it on Sunday. Because you had to. You were watching it, you were having because everyone was talking about it, but part of it because HBO didn't, you know, doesn't drop them but all. Can at one that time. happen
5: again? Because you know can, Yeah, I think it
0: can for the right show. Right. But I don't think it can happen like in a Netflix way where they drop thirteen episodes on a day. Yeah. I think it's if you can have a show that breaks out that everyone feels like they have to watch, um, you could get back mm-hmm. to that place. But I don't think it works with streaming. But,
5: but back to Star Trek and some of the important things done in Star Trek some of the so, not to get too political but some of the social things that Star Trek delved into on, on the show when everybody when when 20 30% of everybody saw this and they saw some of the things wh- whether it was you know the first interracial c- kiss on TV everybody sees it it's a cultural moment that's not shared by 1% or 0.1% of the audience it's shared by 30% of America so mm-hmm. Science fiction can do so much in terms of, of, you know, it's the cliche holds up a mirror to society. Science fiction could talk about things. You know, Rod Serling on Twilight Zone talked about issues that nobody else was talking about Mm -hmm. under the guise of a sci-fi story. But everybody watched it, so everyone got the message. Now, you know, great writers and producers can, can say great things... Yeah, some people saw it sometimes, and no yeah, one's going to talk about here. it the next day. But <laughs>
4: even different than that is is that because there are only three networks and then a couple of independent affiliate stations or whatever, uh, everybody would see things. Now there's, with a million different outlets, there's no way to corral all of those viewers at any one time mm-hmm. because you, you can go... have to go, spend
5: more money on marketing than making the show. Right. Uh, and even then you might not. I mean, yeah. the biggest TV shows, whether it's a Game of Thrones or some, you know, a Stranger Things or something, they get theatrical movie level marketing budgets, right. which are insanely big. Well, and production budgets. And production budgets. Um, but back to Star Trek, we're, we're getting um, Voyager. Well, yeah, because you
0: talk about Now, were you the first outlet to get um next gen because i thought it was tnt
5: Mm, no all right do you guys remember who the first one who had uh next gen voyager oh spike 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 yeah guys tomorrow yeah yeah (laughs) so all right so here's the story on on that we obviously wanted next gen deep space nine and voyager Mm -hmm. we wanted all three they should be on sci-fi we had the original series um it was a lot of hours filled a lot of time periods which would be great bringing this loyal audience wanted it. It's good stuff. It's great programming. It's the classics. So, obviously, you have the meeting with the, the, the sales folks at, at, at Paramount. You're talking to them, about it and, they, and they very fairly and very rightly say, yeah, but we have to take it out to the marketplace. We have to take it to everybody. Um, profit participants, everything we talked about earlier. They have to get a fair market price, and right. they have to maximize their profits too as a division. Sure. So, they wanted us to make an offer and, and run the financials and make an offer. Um and you know all the other networks TNT or other networks would do the same thing but sp- who owns spike paramount yeah paramount owns spike so what they basically did is spike just came in and they, and they corporately they decided spike which at the time had just become spike oh, from yeah. being before that it was tnn the national network <laughs> right, right they decided and spike was supposed to be a male oriented network right. that was the, the thing about spike and Star Trek, they figured, was more male than female in terms of viewership. Um, so, we're going to help use these, these three shows, each with a lot of episodes, more than the original series, mm-hmm. to help you the back, the prog- backbone programming on Spike and help them launch Spike. Um, so, basically, corporately, they decided, we don't want any lawsuits from any profit participants. We want Spike to pay a real price. And they spy And they just kind of decided. Spike came in and you put a with a huge number, right? Gigantic number, so much bigger than anybody running real financials. Even if you're on real financials, they said, okay, well, this is a good loss leader because it's Star Trek. So, well, it's worth X. We'll do X plus twenty percent. They came in with, uh, and you know, obviously those numbers. I mean, they were sort of published in the trade magazines right. at the time, but it was all rumors. You saw different numbers, but they were all like just gigantic numbers that every network, whether it was TNT or Sci-Fi, like, yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, there was no way we we're going to outbid them. Yeah,
5: and and so that was the kind of internal deal that actually is great for profit participants. <laughs> you know, right. so you don't want to get, you know, if you're the studio, you don't want to get sued. You're not going to get sued over those numbers. Right. Um, so they had it first. And they had it for. Um, you know, their full term, which was, I don't remember exactly. It was probably around five years. Um, And then afterwards, they did okay for Spike. Next Gen did the best for Spike. Um,
0: But if I remember, uh, um, uh, Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and Voyager didn't end up on the same network initially. I mean Spike didn't get all of them did
5: they No they did um they they were rolled out at different times mm-hmm. it just had to do with because each of those shows started at different times right. so like Voyager wasn't available for syndication right, for the window, yet yeah. for that window because it started like 7 years later or whatever it was mm-hmm. you know so eventually they had all three at the same time it's just whenever their contract let them start it but by the time Voyager started they had already worn out on them
3: mm-hmm.
5: Next Generation and Deep Space 9 so, Sci-Fi was able to come in and get those shows afterwards, because we still wanted them. They would fill a lot of time periods. Mm-hmm. They'd look great on air. But, obviously, the price would be different, because they had kind of been You want to talk about running the sprockets off of, of these shows in syndication. Uh, now they were in syndication and on Spike. Spike ran them a lot to try to get their money back, right. which I'm sure they overpaid and had to take a loss on it. I mean, I don't know their well, financials. Well, that's but why they they're not around now. Have. <laughs> they became Paramount Network yeah. now, which is more female-oriented, interestingly. Yeah. But they ran it a lot. Um, mm. So we were able to get those shows at, at a proper price, a proper deal. Um, well, and
0: I'm curious because I know that, well, Next Generation did very well for them. Deep Space Nine and Voyager did not.
5: Correct. And and when it came to sci-fi, Next Gen, even though it was the oldest of the three and the most, quote-unquote, worn out, still yeah. did the best. Yeah. Um, Deep Space Nine is a harder show to run in repeats, to run in syndication because it's serialized. Right. Look, look at so much of today's television serialized. Most of those serialized shows don't do well on cable or in, in broadcast syndication in, in repeats. Right. Because not everybody's yeah. watching every show every day. Right. You lose track of what's going on. You don't know. The shows that still do well in repeats are either sitcoms, you know, Big Bang Theory is right. huge in repeats. Seinfeld's still running in repeats yeah. very well or the Law and Order type shows. Sure. You know, Self-contained um, stories. Self-contained stories that are predictable, maybe easier for older viewers who watch more repeats right. than younger viewers. So Deep Space Nine is a serialized, especially in the later seasons, it's right. a very serialized show. A little harder to run in repeats. Um, and then Voyager, Voyager did okay, actually, um, because it was mostly self-contained. Yeah, uh, It never did, did, on any channel, if you go back and look at the ratings, it never did next-generation numbers, either as an original or in repeats. But it did okay in repeats on on sci-fi again
4: i think that was part of the evolution people weren't even aware of seasons of tv until <laughs> dvd yeah. and dvd came out and they made whoever made this decision to start releasing shows on a season by season basis which probably was was a necessity because you couldn't put out an entire series right. because they weren't available yet yeah you know having worked on tv releases myself they they've got to prep them for release but i remember nobody ever talked about seasons of shows. And then they're like, I just got the fifth episode of The Simpsons on DVD for Christmas. You know, it changed the whole landscape and suddenly people started thinking about television. Now you go to a a streaming service and it's all season season. one, season two, season three. So back in the day no one even knew the difference.
5: Well, think think about no one, I mean, think about how shows were made. Again, getting off Star Trek a little bit, but how shows, no one even cared about the continuity of what happened in season one versus season two. I mean, Mark and I, we've talked about this, the, the odd couple. There's like three different episodes about how Felix and Oscar met for the first time. Right. No this, Barney and Fred. There's countless ways these guys met for the first time and, and, and met their wives for the first time. No. Well, oh, it was. Didn't we do something like that? I can imagine all different writers. Yeah. Whoever was hired there's that no season. Continuity. No one went back and looked at the old. Here, watch one episode and write that. Right. I mean, I, there was no continuity. Um, and now television is. But, I mean, look, people used to complain about television being junk. You know, you had a lot of bad shows. It's, movies were so high in terms of, of how they were you know, regarded. TV was regarded as, as junk. So getting a show like Star Trek in the 60s that was that smart and that good, I mean, that's rare. I mean, I think you count probably on what, both your hands the number of great, smart television that's lasted from that era. You know, right. Star Trek, Twilight Zone... Give me a few others.
0: Not many. (laughs) There there, there are not many that that have... You know, now you have stuff like MeTV, and you have some of these these, um, channels that specialize in nostalgia uh, TV. Um, But, you know, the the stuff that is in heavy rotation, you know, you have I Love Lucy, you still have Star Trek, um, but... You know, there's not a lot of these there's shows. Not a lot. The I
5: mean, no, I love Lucy, obviously it was groundbreaking and brilliant in so many ways. And that and and Lucy and Desi started Syndication and yeah. they owned and obviously produced Star Trek and Syndication was Desi's I, idea. Yeah. So you know, again, there's a handful of shows that, that stand the test of time and because
0: you would th- you would have thought you would never thought you'd see the day where Gilligan's Island and Hogan's Heroes weren't like or even the Brady Bunch weren't shows that everyone knew and right. were in cultural mm-hmm. touchstones and i'm glad to see that you know the brady bunch renovation i guess did very well mm-hmm. yeah. um but That's you know i i don't think kids for the most part today they certainly haven't heard of hogan's heroes they most of them don't know gilligan's island and the munsters and Adam well, we'd come
3: home from
5: school
0: you know, there would be a three-hour yeah. block from three o'clock to six o'clock on sure. our local indie
5: station. So she where you got Lost six. Space at three o'clock, mm-hmm. and yeah, then, and yeah. then Gilligan's Island, and, uh, yeah. and <laughs> I
4: dream of Jeannie, and yeah. you know, you watch wished. these shows, and and uh, My Three Sons, or Leave It to Beaver, or right. whatever. Yeah. And kids today, why would you watch those shows at all? But for us, that was what you do. And they, and they, because they school.
5: were repeats. It was okay if you watch the same episode again. Right. But even that was frustrating when we were kids. I remember watching Lost Space. And for some reason, the local affiliate, they New York Channel. it showed them out Why would you show it out of order? Mm-hmm. I, it's a two-parter. And I'm not seeing part two on Wednesday, where I saw part mm-hmm. one on Tuesday. It <laughs> It is much more logical that things are now. But in that vast wasteland, and, and coming out of the bad sci-fi before Star Trek, they really weren't. It's, you know, great sci-fi on television. Twilight Zone and Outer Limits, and yeah. Zone and out of Limits. How did they come up with this? It's just brilliant what they did at the time um, because they really weren't building on much of anything. We should do a show about that.
0: Oh, wait. <laughs> You're <laughs> but, absolutely right.
5: But then after, um, you know, Deep Space Nine and Voyager and, and, and Next Gen worked, uh, you know, the next one was uh, Enterprise. And Enterprise
0: did well for you guys.
5: Enterprise, which was off of... Remember the yeah. defunct network? Yeah, UPN. Yeah, yeah of right. course. Yeah, that did that did really nice a frame. We ran, we were able to run that one in prime. So we ran. Well, Next Voyager Trend was something.
0: UPM also. UPN.
5: That's right. Voyager right. was UPN. Nobody watched Enterprise. They finally
4: <laughs> caught up with it. Yeah. They caught up with it when you guys were running it. Maybe, but it, but
5: Enterprise, we ran. A, we got a lot of plays in prime time. The, the the measure of a successful show is, you know, can you put it in a better quote unquote better time probably period, not, yeah. uh, and how often can you run it? You know, there's certain shows where maybe you put it on one time, and then the second time... It just dies. It immediately. dies immediately. like, yeah, I've seen it, and that's it. Like and, Lost. Like Lost, something like Lost, or yeah, um, The Sopranos and A&E. You know, mm. they never repeated and repeated. Uh,
0: and they spent a lot of money for and that. They spent
5: a lot of money on that. Um, uh, but Next Gen did well for us, and Enterprise, we ran a number of times in Prime. There were some real good mainstays. Um Different show, but Stargate was a great primetime player. We mm-hmm. ran that show. I mean, look at look, good old TV Guides, how often we ran uh, TV Guides is a printed magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and people
4: love Stargate. This
0: should be our fall preview
4: issue. I mean, the, uh, the, the, still to this day, I get more people talking to me about Stargate than any other TV show. That show
5: is um, still running and doing well for Comet, which is one of these uh, D2 channels, one of these mm. smaller broadcast mm-hmm. channels um and i think it's on cable somewhere Stargate's well you well.
0: guys gave new life to a lot of shows whether it be sliders you know which started on we Fox, rescue we rescued that and then you rescue canceled. stargate from showtime and our Learns from showtime
5: that's right um those and poltergeist from showtime oh that's right that was all part of the same deal because <laughs> it was mgm three shows <laughs> all, when Showtime. so showtime i'm going back to when they debuted story and all these shows they were always number two to HBO. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So, HBO had had a lot of these. I guess that, that was probably when they had Sex in the City and Sopranos and all. And, and Showtime's like, well, if they've got that audience, maybe we should go after the science fiction audience. And they did this block. and I can't remember. They had a theme for their for their network. Showtime. I think it was Beyond or something. It was. Yeah, but then they multiplex
0: Showtime Beyond after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So that did was. They did the theme. Hunger as part of that too. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they did a yeah. bunch
5: of science fiction, and they ran that for. Four seasons had of Stargate, and then I think Outer Limits maybe had three. Poltergeist had guy said two. They rolled in one a year, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering. Maybe I'm remembering that correctly. And, that, and then, uh, and then, too. you know, branding changes. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of networks branding changes. New management comes in, or they look at the numbers. It's not working. Maybe maybe they're not growing as fast. You know, sure. Showtime's all about how many people pay a month. So that was abandoned, and those three shows from MGM got canceled. Um, and I was able to make a deal for. Not only the old episodes, which very few people had seen because Showtime Showtime was probably in 15, 18 million homes at the time. Showtime, you know, and and there's like 100 million homes in the U.S. that have TV. Um, um, It's like at the time, there's probably like 110 million homes in TV. Believe it or not, it's 5 or 10 million homes that don't have a television set back then. Uh, Now it's probably higher because people watch on their phones. But Mm -hmm. You know, So Showtime wasn't in that many homes, right? maybe 18 million. So it was going to be fresh programming. And then as part of the deal with MGM, we had an option to make originals for all those shows. So we rescued a bunch of shows. We rescued Unsolved Mysteries as a show we, we rescued. Wow. We did an original series season of that. We ran unaired episodes of shows that were canceled before their time. Remember Fox's VR5? Oh, yeah. We aired sure, that. Yeah. There were three or with four. With Singer. Yeah, there were three or four unaired episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost in Space, the original pilot that had never been on TV. Right. Um, but there were shows that we... And there was a few other shows that Did you ever look in. into
0: Salvaging Enterprise after it was canceled after the fourth season?
5: No, no, that it's was expensive. that was a whole different, you know, at that it's point. It's interesting
4: because Netflix has done what you guys were doing. I mean, Designated Survivor, which was a network show. Netflix bought Lus- it. Lucifer. Lucifer, yeah, Lucifer absolutely. Well Same thing.
5: And yeah. there's a couple of others that Netflix has taken. And yet it's also going the other way now. Um, the new One Day at a Time um, has gone from Netflix by to Netflix, canceled so. by Netflix, and Pop TV's picked it Can't up. The Norman Lear so. show, yeah, yeah. And CBS. Well, they yeah. own Pop TV, yeah. Yeah. or at least piece of Pop. Um, so n- back then, every so often, a show would switch networks. It didn't happen a lot, but it wasn't unheard of. It happened sometimes.
0: My favorite, of course, is you know the original story of how after uh, ABC canceled uh, Batman in sixty in sixty eight. 69,
2: 68? End of of the 69.
0: Yeah, that, uh, you know, uh, another network wanted to pick it up, but they'd already struck the sets. And that actually is part of the story of Star Trek too. There had been talk, you know, of NBC wanting to pick up another season of Star Trek, but, you know, the sets had been destroyed. And, um, you know, and then they wanted to shoot a new pilot. And it was like... Gene Roddenberry famously said, "You have seventy nine pilots, you know, and it would have been too what expensive to, prove, to yeah. you know, build these sets. Yeah. And I mean, just at that point, Paramount owned it, and they weren't going to spend all this money because what if NBC didn't pick up the pilot, and then they foot the bill for this expensive pilot? It's
5: still, kind of the, the whole striking sets and saving shows is still when when your favorite show is canceled, there's still a clock on, on when you can save it because either sets do get struck, or you're,
0: you lose your actors. The
5: actors get other gigs, the writers, the producers, everyone gets other jobs. So." when you get a show that does come back after a number of years and you have most of the team like X-Files that came back after being off for a number of years that's, that's, that's like a small miracle when something like that happens Veronica
4: Mars I was surprised right. at and it, it has
0: never been better have it, you seen I it?
4: loved it it was so good Veronica oh, I Mars I loved it how about oh. seeing Starzik get his head cut off oh my it.
0: god I know David <laughs> Starzik from Free Enterprise I'm like David can I can I swing back to Star Trek for a second? <laughs> no we're talking <laughs> about Veronica Mars Yeah. I, I, I love <laughs> it go ahead there. Yeah, uh, now they said I was being snippy to you on it who I said, said that? I'm not. Being, I, he said on Twitter that I shouldn't be so snippy to Darren. I said, I'm not snippy. I'm just, just an asshole. I'm never snippy. That's, just, never that's snippy. just the way he is. I love Aaron. It's his uh, way. Darren, whatever his oh name is. No. Oh my goodness. Darren. How could anyone say I was being snippy to you? Well, Whoever I,
5: said that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I, wondering. I've seen Mark on set. He's never snippy with anyone. Shut
2: up. <laughs> I'm just wondering if if there is any chance of. Getting those wraparounds that were shot mm. and licensing them and and releasing them again.
5: I don't know. I don't know if they exist anymore. They weren't even done digitally. You know, they were done on tape. Right. <laughs> I don't know if they exist. Mm. I mean, I haven't been there in, in a number of years. Um, I, I know the, there's
2: a couple uh, like uh, Facebook pages that have taken the recordings that people made off TV, off you know. TV, and sort of. The Shagner ones, people. not the Nimoy ones. There are some Nemoy ones that came from somewhere. Mm. I don't know where the, I don't know where they came from, but um I it's really fascinating.
5: I mean Barry Shulman, who's still working in the business is someone that uh you know, I could put you guys in touch with. That he would might, be, f- got that would be fascinating. Like <laughs> pro- no, you know he he wouldn't because they weren't digital. Right. I, mean, I know they
0: were trying to um I you know, know, I think at some point Paramount was trying to get them to put on one of the n- umpteen re-releases right. of the episodes, Vault. but they couldn't the get qu- them. The quadruple dip. It of- might have been for the Roddenberry Vault where they were trying to get them. I, I remember Roger, I- lay mentioned that, I think, and they couldn't source them. But right. so, uh, well,
5: Roger couldn't find them. Roger couldn't find them, yeah. So, well, then they're probably, they may yeah. not exist. Because they,
0: you know, they re released the episodes again, you know, which right. we, you know, I think the, the the only thing now you can do with those original Star Trek episodes is release them in 4K. Right. You know, which would be great. Which uh, you still can. Which is, yeah, because it's shot of film. It's all film. So, um, but other than that, I think the, the, there's really nothing more you can do with the original Star Trek. I, I agree. You know, what, what else is going to be added? I mean, other than episodes of Inglorious Trexperts.
2: Well, <laughs> a, a, an Inglorious Trexperts commentary on each of them.
0: <laughs> well, like oh, you, know, you know we talked about that i mean that's something we should consider maybe doing at some point is is is, is, is you know we did the underrated and overrated if we do commentaries on a couple on of episodes. episodes
2: yeah right? i don't want to do all that of them. you can play along with the
0: episode when you watch it. you know and just to hear what ashley's gonna say would be yeah, make it worth <laughs> it to me to listen to ashley talk and say crazy things i think that would be fun Let's unless do that i've had,
5: had so many guests over sounds like fun what? Yeah, you do do them all, but you don't have to do them all, you just get different guests that you've brought in and you just That's true. Do all 79. I I couldn't I couldn't do them all. Sure anyway. you could.
2: Yes, you have to do cloud minders. Oh God. <laughs> Why? You? He's been snippy with me. <laughs> Listen to him.
0: You let him talk to me like that. A little word called payback. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, you know, this has been great having you and, and all your insight into the machinations of the way that television works. Um uh, it's it's. I'd love to have you back next time you're in town because you have so much and there's so much. Uh, you know, I'm so interested in like you know, obviously the sliders pickup yeah, and, and so many these other shows and the, how the movies did. We didn't, we didn't even talk, talk about, about the movies. movies,
5: which you know did well for us. Obviously, certain movies, the the, the, the movies that everyone considers the better movies. Do better in the ratings right. um, for any channel, not just for for sci-fi or the. So first was contact, pretty... Star Trek two. Star Trek two was always four. a print, but now you know even the Star Trek two has been run so much. Kind of like the James Bond movies don't play that well on TV right, anymore, right. but they did. But it was always the the fan favorite ones always do better. I year. would
0: know because I have Pluto TV running uh, 24/7 in my house just running the Bond movies over and over which i own of course in every format ever invented <laughs> and yet i have Pl- Pluto TV just looping the Bond movies because i'm so excited well, that it's there's it's better a than Pluto Bond Nash TV channel.
3: <laughs>
0: but it's coming. It's coming. But anyway, look, Tom. Thank you so much uh, for being here, Rob Burnett. Thank you again for for joining us um, to lend your insights. And a very special thanks to my co-host Darren Doctorman Thank you, Mark. That I... wasn't snippy at all. <laughs>
2: thank I, you.
0: I... No, I'm saying <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Why would I be snippy towards Darren? <laughs> Nothing but love and respect for Darren Dockerman. and 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 uh, and and uh, just. Uh, He's a genius creatively, and uh, and and just th- th- there would be no show. Okay, with that the journey. hole's being dug really deep now. So thank you. <laughs> no, I, I just you know it's like why would someone say that it's so mean? Okay, I don't know. thank you for joining us for Inglorious Experts. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcast, The 4:30 Movie every Friday, in which a group of writer and producers curate fantasy theme weeks of classic movies; The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast every Tuesday, and one of my new personal favorites, Best New Movies Never Made, which is Every Other Monday uh, with Steve Scarlatta, the producer of George Rasky's Dune and uh, Josh Miller, who wrote uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and is also the curator of Friday Night Frights. Uh, it's just a great show. I highly recommend it. I love listening to it and uh, they didn't pay me to say that. So if you enjoyed <laughs> the podcast, uh, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcast, and uh, you can follow us at Inglorious Trek on Twitter or Trek experts on Instagram. Um, you can watch uh, Tom's show Pandora on on CW and CW app. Also, a very special thanks to uh, Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network, producers Natalie Muscalli, uh, who is in the back by the monitor, and uh, hopefully she enjoyed. She is our, our she tells us, if we've done, we know we've done a good episode if we see Natalie smiling. If she's glowering, we know we've bombed. So she's, she's <laughs> she, you know, ultimately she should be the one who going on Apple Podcasts. You can just say thumbs up or thumbs down. And of course, a very special thanks to Dean Devlin, without whom the show would not be possible. He keeps the electric on here. Ah, he puts the electric. Uh, in he puts the electric. The electric there you go. Exactly. The electric surge. So I am, I'm going to work on that outro because. Uh, but that's the basic <laughs> idea. I'm. 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 I'm auditioning You're that work-shopping one. workshopping it. I'm workshopping <laughs> it. Exactly. <laughs> <piloting> so. It. <laughs> so until next Saturday, uh, keep on trekking and gloriously, of course. Engage.